Welcome back to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living. Hey, guess what? It's Tuesday. I have taken Tuesdays off all summer long so that I could stay home and hang out with my boys this summer. And it has given me just a little bit of a refresh, a recharge, and I'm super excited for what's to come on the podcast this year. But today, it marks the first day of school for my kiddos and the day that I'm coming back bringing back Quick Tip Tuesdays. So I'm so glad you're here joining us today. We have a really great question from Erica, and she is wondering if there is a quick, inexpensive idea, like $100, $200-ish, for updating your kitchen. Erica, yes, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, the number one thing that I'm going to recommend is absolutely free you are definitely going to want to stick around and listen to this. And if you have been following along on my $400 laundry room makeover, oh my goodness, it is still happening. I It is still happening. We are still well on the way of transforming this laundry room for $400. But the last two weeks of my summer have been, to say exhausting is an understatement. Busy, is an understatement. Whatever is busier than busy, it has been that. The pause button has been pressed on the laundry room just for those two weeks so I could catch my breath and do all the things, but this week we're back at it. So if you have been following along with the the $400 room makeover series via my newsletter and you're wondering, wait, what happened? What does it look like? You got a great sneak peek. It is still coming and stay tuned for Friday. It won't be done, but it's going to be close. And if you're wondering what in the world I'm talking about, email me figandfarm at home at gmail.com and I am happy to add you to the newsletter so that you can see the transformation in real time. In the meantime, stick around and enjoy today's quick tip, what you can do to refresh your kitchen with $100. It's Quick Tip Tuesday. You have questions, I have answers, and I am so glad to be answering them for you today. If you have a question that you want answered on the show, pop into my DMs on Instagram at Fig and Farm. Send me an email at figandfarm at home at gmail.com or join the Facebook group and ask there. bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. Let's hop to it. Let's answer your question. And if you find value in this, I'm sure someone else will too. So make sure you share with a friend. All right, Erica, you have $100 and you want to have a refresh in your kitchen. The good news is this is completely doable, completely realistic, and it is easier than you might think. Let me back it up. Easy might not be the right word. It is doable. <laughs> because the number one thing that you can do in your kitchen in your bathroom, in anywhere really, but we're focusing on the kitchen in this question, is to remove the visual chaos. If we step back at the entrance of our kitchen and we look around and we think, where are we having a little bit of, and I call it visual chaos, it's the, the word that we often associate with this is clutter. Where is it? There are three main points in your kitchen that, that hold the visual chaos, and that is the countertops, that's a huge one, above the kitchen cabinets and the refrigerator. So if we remove any of the excess from those areas, that is going to give you virtually a blank slate. If you start there, Erica, and you, if you just started there completely free, 
removing the visual chaos, I think you would be surprised at what you can then work with. But let's talk about each of those areas because I know it is super easy for me to say, sit here behind my mic and say, remove all the clutter, remove all the stuff. I know it's easy for me to say that. So I want to talk to you about practical solutions for how to do that because you can. Let's start with a refrigerator. What do you keep on the fridge? The things that you have magneted to the front generally are pictures of kids, kiddo art, and probably sometimes important things like schedule of events. These things are important, right? You want the kids to feel pride and ownership with the art that they bring home. You want them to feel happy that they see their own picture on display in the house. You want them to, and of course, you want to remember when the band concert is, right? But if you think about where these each of these items can be placed that isn't on the front of the fridge, there is a home for them. Those magnets of the kid pictures in my home, they sit on the side of the fridge, the side that is a little bit more inconspicuous, but every time I grab the olive oil, they're right there and I love it. They're out of the way, front and center, but they're there. And if I had any kind of schedule, we we actually have our um, the schedules that aren't super important. These aren't the I'm going to miss the kid event. Because I don't look at that area very often, these are the things like the Seattle Seahawks sport event or the Seattle Mariner sport event, things like that. But they're not the important, important ones. Those, those schedules that I cannot miss, those ones, when I get them, they go directly into my phone or into my Google Calendar or wherever you're, you're storing that digitally. If you are a paper planner person, it goes right into there first. And then I put it in what I call the command center. Do you have one of those, Erica, in your home, a command center? These are so great. This is outside of my garage door. Um, It's like one of those wall organizers. It has four holders. One is for Greg and I, and then one for each of the kids. So when they bring home important things like field trip papers that aren't quite due yet, or picture papers, or, you know, the important things. They go into that file folder and then I clean them out monthly. So if I had that schedule of events, I would actually put it into that file folder. Now, the thing with that is that can become visual clutter too, right? Visual chaos. And so you want to make sure that you have some sort of system set up where you can eliminate uh, the excess in there as well. But for me, in my command center, I also have a magnet board. And this is something that sits out so that I could put, if I wanted to, those schedules, I put the bus schedule out there, and it's something that that is where those live, but they don't live necessarily on the refrigerator. What about the kitchen above the kitchen cabinets? This is a place that I actually did a Quick Tip Tuesday episode on this, so I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I do want to reference that I will put it in um, the show notes so you can go back and listen to it. But this is one of those things like, what do you do with that area? And you know what, guys? Keeping it clean, keeping it simple is perfect. That is a good solution. But if you did want to have a few things up there, if you did want to know what you can put up there, what the rules of them are, go back and listen to that episode. But the third station, the third section in your kitchen that is probably the bane of everyone's existence, the thing that has the most visual chaos are the kitchen counters. And so we're going to talk about that. When I think about what is on my kitchen counter, I try to keep it as minimal as I can, but I still have things. So what do I have? I have an espresso machine, a coffee maker, 
a coffee canister that holds the coffee beans. I have the set of knives and a fruit bowl. And then I have, what else? I have two more things. I have a station for my diffuser and the oils, the essential oils that I diffuse, as well as the kitchen soaps. Those are the things I have on my kitchen counter. And that to me is maxing out. But I know that there are so many other things that people might have. We might have spices. Some people might have vitamins or the pills out. Like if you need to take some medicine, sometimes I've seen those on counters. I've seen wine racks. I have seen um, coffee cups, coffee mugs, a system for storage for that. Spices, mixers, blenders, toasters, toaster ovens. What else? I'm sure I'm missing lots of things. But what I would like to encourage you all to do is start by removing it all. Yes, removing it all. Now, if you have listened for a while, you know that I don't necessarily think that removing everything is the best strategy for when it's time to declutter. Bless Marie Kondo, I just don't know that that's the best solution. However, when it comes to your countertops, I do. The first thing we're going to do is actually give your countertops a little bit of love. Clean those puppies. <laughs> because how often have you removed the things from your countertops in order to have the blank slate to just clean it? So once you're cleaning it, you're done cleaning, and we're starting to put things back on, think about the absolute essentials. First of all, think about what it looks like while it's blank slate. But then what do you use on a daily basis? Do I use my espresso machine on a daily basis? I don't. Do I use my mixer on a daily basis? I don't. My bread machine? Nope. My tortilla press? Nope. My waffle iron? Whatever it is that's sitting out there, that small appliance that is sitting out there, that we're actually going to put on your dining room table. We're going to get those things that you don't use on a daily basis removed from the kitchen entirely. Put them somewhere so that you can see them in a different light and we're going to do something with them in a second. But once you're left with the things that you use daily, so for me, it is my coffee machines, my knives, my fruit bowl, my cleaning supplies, four things, that's it. Those four things are going to take residence on my counter. Now of those four things that are going back onto my countertops, can you make a small vignette of the things that you're putting on there? So for example, I have two coffee pots, right? I have the coffee pot and I have the espresso machine. Can I make a small vignette of those items so that it looks like it is intentionally decorated? So for example, I might have my coffee pot and then I have the canister for my my coffee beans. Could I put those on a cute little tray and then put a little a little dish that might have where I could put my spoons on or a little, a teeny tiny little porcelain uh, container that might have the sugars or maybe a couple teas, nothing too fancy, but just to make it look like it is not just three things put on the counter, but an intentional spot on the counter. Yes, like a mini coffee bar, like a mini coffee station. When I think about the cleaning supplies I have, now I'm not talking about the spray for the granite countertops or the barkeeper's friend or the, you know, whatever 
I'm, I'm using to clean countertops. I'm talking about the hand soap. I'm talking about the scrub brush. I'm talking about maybe the dish soap. Those are the things I'm talking about as my cleaning supplies. But can you have them near your counter that are on your counter near your sink that is intentionally styled? So you have the tray section, you have that little vignette that's the coffee bar. Can you have something near your sink? Yes, absolutely. Now, I talk a lot about elevating style based on um, my system for styling called ladder, layers, depth, height, texture, and repetition. And this is anytime you, you style a vignette, you want to be thinking about that. I'll try to link an episode where I did talk about that too, but I am going to link a blog post and I want to show you how I intentionally styled um, cleaning supplies in my kitchen Actually, I think the blog post mentions that I used a cake stand as a way to elevate um, whatever it is that I was styling, the vignette. And in this example, there was um, a, not a coffee station, but there was a, um, a mixed drink station. There was a cleaning station, and then I think I had a couple others. So I will link that in the show notes so that you can go and take a look at what I'm meaning when I'm saying creating a small vignette on your kitchen counter so that it looks, you know, these, these things are essential. You need hand soap to wash your hands after you've prepared the chicken. You just need that. And instead of having it underneath the sink, we want it out, but can you make it beautiful? Yes, yes, you can. And so Erica, here we go. Here is the first bit of money you're going to spend on your kitchen refresh is to get a cake stand. And I would say, of course you can go, you can go to Target, you can go to Home Goods, you can go to wherever you can buy the cake stand, Walmart, and you can get that for $20 to $35. But I would say unless you are actually going to be using that cake stand to display cakes when you're when you are making cakes, don't do that. You can spend five bucks at a thrift store. Put that on your your generalized thrift store list the next time you're out and about and chances are you can find it for $5 or less. So there we go. We have $95 left. <laughs> and it might take a week. It might take two weeks. It might take a month to find that cake stand, but you will. You will find that cake stand. So put that on your thrift store list and and then we can move on. So so of the essentials, the things that you use daily on that need to be out, what else is it? And is it something that needs to be out because you use it daily or like my smoothie machine? I use my smoothie machine daily and it's I mean I call it a machine but it's a hand blender and a cup does it need to be out on the counter no actually it doesn't and I don't want it to but it is front and center in the cabinets below the countertops so let's go back to all of the things that you had on your counters that you thought oh I use this daily it needs to be out and think about where we're going to put those they are now sitting on your dining room table your kitchen table before we start putting, making space for those, we need to get deep and dirty and on our hands and knees and look in the actual cupboards. And this is where we do the deep dive. This is where we go through and we are ruthless in what it is we are eliminating so that we can keep those counters that we now love because they are clean and clear and free of visual chaos so that we can keep them that way. But in order to do that, we need to make space for the things that we do use daily. 
Like maybe I do use that mixer. Maybe I do use that toaster daily. I don't want those on the counter. I want to be able to use my counter for counter things. I want to be able to use it to chop the veggies, to prepare the lunches, to prepare the dinner. And I want to have space for that. In order to do that, I have to get into the dregs of the the cupboards. (laughs) I have to get into the corners and I have to pull out all of the things that I just don't use, really. Ask yourself these questions. When was the last time I used the crock pot? If that crock pot that you got for your wedding 15 years ago that you haven't used for the last three, you haven't used, guess what? Someone is going to be so blessed by that barely used, almost brand new crock pot. They're going to love it. Gift it, sell it, donate it, whatever it is, remove it from your home. And when you remove it from your home, you're making space, right? But in order to be intentional about freeing up counter space, we need to be intentional about what's happening underneath the cupboards. If you have not used that pasta making machine that you got five years ago and you had all the best intentions, if you don't use it in the next week, get rid of it. Sell it, gift it, donate it, whatever it is you're going to be doing, do that. Now here's a quick tip for when you want to remove clutter from your home, just give it away just do. Don't hang out with it. Don't hang out with it for the garage sale. Don't hang out with it to sell to get that price back. Just get it out because getting it out, getting it out with a little bit of haste is going to make it so that those things that are sitting in the garage waiting for the garage sale because you really want the $5 for that thing that you paid 20 for, that is going to, they're going to creep back in. And if you have kid items that they've already blessed and said, hey mom, I don't need this anymore and they're sitting out there, guess what? The next time they have their buddies over and they're in the garage, they're going to see that thing and it's going to creep its little way back into the house and make space where it has once been removed. So when you're going through your cupboards, go through the top cupboards, go through the bottom cupboards, go through all the cupboards and be really mindful of what it is you are currently using, what it is you hope to be using and what it is that you just don't use. If you hope to be using those things, keep them out, keep them out for the week. Really, it's going to drive you crazy. It might drive your family crazy, but keep them out for a week and see, am I really going to be using that pasta maker? let's do it. Tuesday night, I've got all these things going on. I have soccer practice. I have the band concert. I have to get ready for a trip that I'm going out. Am I going to use the pasta maker? Okay. If you don't use it within the week, it's time to go. And you haven't used it for three years. It's really, really time to go. Be mindful of those things and be really ruthless. Those baby plates that you had that you thought, oh, those are so sweet. And I just miss those days. We all miss those days, but are you using them? No, we're not. We're making space for the things that we are using today. Now, a quick note on cabinet storage. Do you have risers in your cabinet, your uppers or your lowers? And if you don't, that's a way to make space where there isn't any. So anytime you have any height, whether it's whether it is behind a cabinet door or on a wall, if there's way to use height in order to create more storage, use that. Quick bonus tip for today. Okay, so we have Erica eliminated all of the things on the counter that we don't, we we absolutely need. These are essentials. And now we're making them cute with some vignettes. And then we've taken 
a really deep dive, hard look at the things underneath our, our kitchen counters, in our cupboards, in our cabinets, and we are eliminating all of the things that we just haven't used and we're not going to use. And we're putting those things that we once thought were so essential that were on our counters, creating that visual chaos. We're putting those front and center in our bottom cabinets or our top cabinets, whatever, wherever it is, it's most convenient for you. Those are the ways that we're going to eliminate that visual chaos. And then that counter space is going to just breathe. It's going to be that fresh air. It's going to be like that negative space on an artist's canvas. A lot of times you need that negative space in order to kind of take it all in. And now we can play. We have a little bit more space. So do we have space for art? Do we have space for plants? Keeping in mind that in your kitchen, artwork and plants can be not only beautiful, but they can also be practical. So take, for instance, if you have a window ledge right above your seat and you really love to cook, could your plants be a rosemary plant or a basil plant or a mint plant? How I wish I had a windowsill in my kitchen. Absolutely, I would have all the edible plants right there so that I could harvest them when I'm cooking and I'm needing the fresh herbs. Think about how practically you can bring in elements that would be visually appealing as well as a practical service for your kitchen. When I think about art, I'm thinking about the ways that we see nowadays those um, wooden charcuterie boards or the wooden cutting boards kind of left on the counter, the countertop, and they're layered a little bit. And these add warmth to a space and they add depth to a space, but they're also entirely practical. And the same thing goes with that cake stand, Erica, that I was talking about earlier. That cake stand, when you're throwing a party and you need to, t to set that beautiful tablescape, that cake stand can be removed from the kitchen, washed off, and put as part of the tablescape in order to elevate the items on the table to display not just the cupcakes, not just the cake, but the other things as well. So think about the things that you do bring in. Can it serve not just a beautiful um, purpose, but can it serve a practical purpose as well? So Erica, we haven't spent a whole lot of money yet. We have done a lot of free things in order to eliminate the visual chaos. That is going to be the biggest bang for your buck. And then bringing in a few things that might create vignettes within your area. Trays, cake stands, charcuterie boards, canisters. But don't forget a fresh set of towels. And don't forget, you know, you, you've gone to all this work to create a little vignette for your cleaning supplies near your sink. Take a look at your soap container. Can your soap container be pretty? Sure, absolutely. Keep in mind when it comes to bringing a little bit of style and elevation to your kitchen, you still want to have your color palette in mind. You still want to understand what your aesthetic is so that you don't pick things that you absolutely love but don't necessarily flow with the style of your home and you want to make sure too that you are using repetition so if you have this beautiful turquoise bowl is there turquoise anywhere else in your room is it part of your color palette so you do want to be mindful of repetition because repeating elements is the key to creating a cohesive looking home Erica, I hope that was helpful as you spend your $100 to elevate the look of your kitchen. And don't be intimidated when it comes to getting into the corners of your kitchen cabinets and cupboards, making sure that you really make that space intentional so that it is purposefully used for your family. 
And if you're thinking, okay, that sounds like a really great idea, but I need a little bit more handholding, you can book a call. I'll have the link below and it will basically be you and me via Zoom. And you can have me hanging out with you, my floating head in your kitchen while you style your vignettes. <laughs> Everyone needs a little help sometimes. So you can book that call at figandfarmathome.com forward slash book a call. All right, until then, I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.